Hello and welcome to Supply Chains, the Secret Sauce. I'm your host, Wade Wickes, CEO of Link Supply Chains at linksupplychains.com. This show is dedicated to supply chain and the secret sauce that supply chain provides for businesses. Going to have some humor, real life issues, some solutions, great connections, and a few life lessons. So tune in. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Well, you picked a great show to listen to. Today we're all about the kitchen coop. If you don't know what that is, it's based in Colorado and uh, it's pretty interesting, pretty fantastic concept. The person who is the founder and CEO has more than 20 years of experience in the supply chain and manufacturing industry and 12 years in the national food industry. Stick around. Well, hello, everyone. On today's show, we are excited to have a person who has more than 20 years of experience in the supply chain industry and manufacturing and 12 years in the natural food industry. Jeff Greenberg currently is CEO and founder of The Kitchen Coop based in Colorado. The Kitchen Coop provides contract development and manufacturing services to natural food brands, large and small. The Kitchen Coop has been launching new products and setting up new supply chains for over eight years now. The Kitchen Coop has pioneered a process-centric approach to manufacturing as a shared service. Jeff was also responsible for building an online inventory management system for food entrepreneurs. Hey, welcome to the show, Jeff. Oh, thanks, Wade. It's great to have you. Um, Where are you Zooming in from? Uh, Zooming in from the Kitchen Coop offices in uh, Broomfield, Colorado. Well, that sounds awesome. Probably have mountains in the background and all that fun stuff, right? Absolutely. They're right out my window. Man, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show about supply chain. And I think there's a lot of people who are really interested in what the Kitchen Coop has to offer and, and actually what it is. Can you tell us a little bit more about your project? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Kitchen Coop is a manufacturing service provider. Uh, We make products only on behalf of other brands, uh, whether they're large and small. And over the course of the last eight years, we've found our niche uh, helping to develop and launch new products, uh, which has us also uh, initiating, researching, and establishing new supply chains. Um, We've got a really talented group of people here that range uh, from food scientists to uh, manufacturing engineers, uh, and then, and then a bunch of people in the middle that are actually actually uh, executing the work, um, and uh, we basically work shoulder to shoulder with our brand partners who are really more focused on the uh, conceptualization of the product, the marketing of the product, the the direct sales, you know, through uh, distribution and retailers, and then partnering with us to work on the operation side. Um, we do process engineering, recipe formulation, uh, and uh, as, as we've talked about, uh, supply, uh, supply chain work to basically create new manufacturing programs. Wow, that's impressive. So it's really like a, a one-stop shop if you've got a, a product idea or, or how do you go about um, you know, facilitating the, the space for the right people? Do you work with manufacturers and what they're trying to do, or is it a combination of both? Yeah, so typically we're working with a, a brand partner, uh, and that brand partner they've got you know a sales and marketing engine, and then they might have 
uh, either in-house or some you know outsource uh, R&D uh, personnel. Uh, but uh, that's generally who we're working with. And they come to us with a little bit more than an idea. They've got, you know, a concept that maybe they've done, they've made it benchtop, you know, or someone has made it, you know, in a lab uh, kitchen uh, somewhere, and they're trying to figure out how to scale it up, how to commercialize it, how to really bring it to market. Um, that's typically where we get involved uh, in that type of situation. So then you use your your breadth and your team of uh, of their ability to to scale and how to scale it in the best way, and you kind of coach and and help people along that way. Yeah, exactly. Wow, exactly. that's awesome. That is great. Well, that kind of you know pings the idea that you have a deep background in manufacturing and supply chains, and I'm sure there's a lot of lessons that you've learned over the years. And part of this show is helping uh, you know young and new leaders and new roles to understand uh, some things that have worked in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have a couple of things that, that you would like to share? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and just to preface this, so we've launched about five dozen projects, uh, five dozen different product sets over the course of eight years. So wow. we've been doing this over and over again. And every time we do it, we learn you know, something new, some new nuance. And we build that into our process, build that into our library, build that into our blueprints so that every time we go through it, we do it a little bit better. Um, and so what I, uh, when we talked about uh, the show, um, I you know, went back through those notes and tried to you know, extract out like the most pithy, you know, the most core central uh, concepts uh, to pass on to your listeners. And so one is just you know, the general concept that developing a new product just takes a lot of work. Um, you know, and just coming up with a recipe or, you know, developing a, a, a product, you know, at, at home or at, at your benchtop kitchen is only a small part of it. Um, and that involves generally a lot of trial and error, right? And that will get you to a solution that works um, from a product standpoint. Well, developing a supply chain requires an equal amount of work. Uh, and the only issue there, the difference there is that trial and error is not really possible. Uh, because if you have an error in your supply chain, you've got a stoppage of production. So you can't uh, put that much at risk. Um, and, and when you're when you're launching a new product, right? The trial and error, or trial and evaluation stage that works so well for product development doesn't work as well for for supply chain development. So it's really important to do a lot of legwork up front uh, in order to establish a consistent, reliable supply chain. Um, so I would expect uh, that anyone, you know, launching a new product to expect a good amount of time uh, just building out that supply chain, vetting that supply chain, and not trying to go straight from R&D into, yeah, we're ready to fulfill orders. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. There really needs to be a good amount of time that you set aside for that transition. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great, great point. And I just want to key in there. So like, you know, when, how do you decide if you if you go 3PL, if you have your own warehouse? I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into building a supply chain, I imagine. Yeah, and uh, in terms of warehousing and that kind of stuff, some of those details will play themselves out um, as you establish that supply chain. It's more, you know, what we're normally working with and what I think of as a supply chain are, who is it that we're buying? I mean, there are two parts of it, right? Who is it that we're buying raw materials from? Oh, and we point. think of raw materials in, in different categories. We got packaging, 
We've got food ingredients. We might have some processing aids um, or, or other like accessories that we use in, in the course of making, making a product. And then, uh, and then downstream. Downstream actually gets a little bit simpler um, because you're, the retailers in the space, the distributors in the space will, uh, will dictate a lot of that and, and will help you with a lot of that. Great um, the part that's more difficult is the upstream stuff is who is it that you're going to be buying these ingredients from, uh, buying these materials from. And that, so when I think of the, the greatest challenges on the supply chain, it normally is on the upstream side, right? It's on the buy side. That's a great point. Yeah. How do, how do you, I mean, there's, there are some big players in the ingredient side, but there's also some small, unique players too. Um, any coaching about finding it on the upstream, you know, great partners and how to work that partnership? Yes, yes. And, and we were talking about this in the context of secret sauce. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. We talk about establishing a reliable supply chain. What does that mean? Right. So to me, that means that you're vetting all of the suppliers, which means you're getting clear on all the details. Um, what's the paperwork going to look like back and forth, like to the detail of send us your order form so that we understand it? You know, how are we going to handle quality uh, communications around quality? So if we have a problem, you know, with a product that comes in, exactly who do we talk to? What's your process for recording that? And what's, you know, what's the process for remedying uh, any quality issues? Um, what if we have to expedite something? You know, what does that look like? You know, how, how well prepared is, you know, a, a given supplier for expediting? Are they, are they uh, building some of this uh, material that you need into inventory? Is it a made to order type item? Uh, are there other large uh, customers that they're making this for that could take up that supply or that have excess supply? The more you understand the details uh, of how your suppliers are doing business, the better equipped you'll be uh, to figure out solutions when challenges arise. Because they will. Points. So that, that's, that's number one is just vetting them uh, in terms of uh, uh, knowing who you're, you're working with. And we, we've got, I mean, the Kitchen Coop has put a lot into this over the years. We've got a formal questionnaire. We, you know, we go through an interview process with some of these suppliers. If, if they're not, you know, uh, on the face of it, you know, a very formal or very uh, established supplier. Um, we actually just had a conversation last week with a, uh, an, upstart, uh, an upstart supplier that, that currently like supplies restaurants and, uh, and, and food service outlets, uh, you know, in their, in their local region. But now they want to start selling ingredients to people like the Kitchen Coop that are industrial manufacturers of, of food products. Well, we have a whole different set of standards. We're regulated by the FDA and in the case of the Kitchen Coop, also the USDA. So we have to make sure that they've got food safety programs in place that no one's going to get sick if somebody eats, you know, some of their product that's an ingredient in, in one of our products. So, you know, talking with them and, you know, figuring out what it is that they need, we said, hey, you know what, we do this all the time for our own brands, we could help you, you know, develop a food safety program. And so that's what we did. Wow. Um, and, and having that level of dialogue, being able to like, go in and understand, you know, what their challenges are and, um, and being able to work, work through that with suppliers, you know, you form, you form better bonds, right? So when, when they have a stock out, you know, we, we had another supplier recently that, I mean, a cheese maker that ran out of milk, right? That's kind of a tough, tough scenario to be in. And, uh, and they had a bunch of, you know, so they were trying to ration, you know, their supply of, they could only sell to so many customers, but 
because we had, you know, gone so deep with them and they know who we are and, that, you know, how we rely on them and all that kind of stuff. I was able to make, we were able to make some phone calls and make sure that we were one of the ones that got, you know, some of the limited supply. And it comes from establishing that really good connection up front. Really important. You know, that, that inventory piece is interesting because uh, with the interest rates today, what are your thoughts about uh, inventory and, and storing inventory and tying up capital? Yeah. Um, that's what, that's one of, that's one of the other things that we talk about when we work with our clients on all the time is, you know, establishing appropriate levels of safety stock. And, and so for us, you know, right now, interest rates are so low. So the, you know, people think about the cost, well, I can't afford, you know, $10,000 or $20,000 to be tied up in inventory. Well, the actual expense from a P&L standpoint is the interest on that money. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if, if interest rates are one, two, 3%, whatever, uh, the, the cost of that $10,000 is $300 uh, a year, but the cost of missing out on one order vast is, is so much greater than that, that you want to have that safety stock. You want to be able to be prepared for when a supplier tells you like, Hey, I, I can't make your product for another six weeks. You know, X, Y, Z uh, just occurred or, or, you know, my supply was just bought out by a competitor, et cetera. So we really promote uh, this idea that, you know, safety stock is some of the cheapest, some of the best investment you can make uh, to make sure that you can fulfill all your orders, uh, regardless of, you know, uh, an otherwise like inherently uh, variable supply chain, right? Does it, with, when you're dealing with perishable food items, things happen, right. you know, things age out or, you know, uh, you're transporting things, you know, across the country, what have you, Think, things happen. So you want to be prepared and safety stock is like one of the least expensive investments in doing that. And, and then the, the last point that I'll make on this, in addition to safety stock, that's actually doesn't, not even as costly, is making sure you have a backup supplier set up. Oh, that's so true. You know, it's, it's, if you're, if you're single sourced on a key ingredient, you know, it's not like you can make 90% of your product because you have 90% of the ingredients. No, if you don't have the whole recipe, you can't make anything. So absolutely critical that, you know, you've got a backup supplier and that not only that you have one, but that you took their product, you put them through the vetting process. You actually tested your recipe with their version of the ingredient because it might be a little bit different and that you're ready to go so that at a moment's notice when your primary supplier says, hey, I'm not going to be able to ship to you, in, you know, in time for you to fulfill your orders, that you've got, you've got a backup plan and you can switch over and be like, hey, we're already set up. We've got, you know, our alternative recipe to use, you know, this other provider's product. We're good to go. You know, that that's an interesting point. I've worked with a few private companies that really are the solo supplier because they've had the relationship for so long. And they were trying to figure out how to utilize the backup supplier as well as that solo supplier. I mean, to an effect, you do have to use both suppliers so that you do have that backup um, possible in the future. Um, but it's, it's transition, right? You got to get people over the hump to say how important that is. And you just explained it perfectly how important it is. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So is there, is there an item that was, uh, super interesting for you in your, your years of, of work in the ingredient supply and, and, and manufacturing creating of an item? Is there an item that's like, wow, this was really fun and unique that you created? Um, I mean, I think, you know, uh, as any developer, as, my brother is a, a singer-songwriter, and, and the last song he wrote is always the best song he ever wrote. You know, um, and I, I kind of feel the same about you know our work here. 
you know, we get better and better with it with every iteration. And our, our recent success story is uh, we're making uh, egg bites, right? So little little omelets, you know, in the shape of like little mini muffins. And uh, very, very challenging supply chain because we're using only the absolute like best quality ingredients. These are pasture raised eggs, um, you know, certified humane uh, pork products that, you know, that go in as the additives, you know, all of the dairy is organic. And so, you know, we, we keep constraining the supply chain. So we really have to work closely with all these suppliers to make sure that they're capable of delivering, uh, you know, what it is that we need. And it's one of those circumstances where, um, you know, it's not just a matter of establishing, you know, that we've got a connection with the supply chain, but uh, with the, the suppliers and with backup suppliers, but making sure that we're in touch with them about the forecast and the volumes, because we're doing so, we're moving so much of this product that we need to have a certain amount of this product, of these specialty products. And that that created a whole new layer of additional challenges that that made it just very interesting for us and the team. Wow, that sounds really challenging and fun. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, is there a, a way that people can get a hold of you if they're interested and uh, have a brand that they want to uh, run through the kitchen coop process? Oh yeah, sure. Um, best place to learn about learn more about us is through our website, which is the hyphen kitchen hyphen coop dot com. And on there, there uh, we we try and be as transparent as possible. So we put everything up there on the website so people can learn about our capabilities. Uh, our certifications, our services, our team, uh, that type of stuff. And that's that's really the best way uh, to get better acquainted uh, with us. And if you do have an idea, there is a link right there to submit uh, a project a project brief, you know, for us for us to take a look at. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the kitchen coop, I love that you guys are focused on quality and quality processing. You've got so much to offer, Jeff. Thank you for taking some valuable time out of your day to be on my show. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, Wade. I, I really appreciate that. Hey, that completes the show for today. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening. If you have any information for me that you'd like to share, thoughts, comments, info at linksupplychains.com is my email address. And of course, if you would like to give back to the show, please look at www.linksupplychains.com. Click on the podcast tab and make a donation. Really appreciate that. I am available for public speaking and available to help in any way possible. Uh, We're here to help women in supply chain, professionals in supply chain. Thank you so much.